Today, we hear from the Gospel of Luke, one of our most familiar and comforting Bible stories. Let us open our ears, our minds, our imaginations, and our souls as we listen across time and space and join Mary and Joseph again as they make their way to Bethlehem. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to their own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Loving God, may we join Mary and Joseph around the manger on a starry night. May we remember the miracle of life and of birth. And may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts be truly acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. And let the people say, Amen. I always love hearing that passage read aloud. It is a warm balm to the soul. I can almost hear Linus in the Peanuts special <laughs> reading it, even though he reads the next few verses about the shepherds. But there's something comforting and familiar I can hear my grandfather, who had no more than an eighth grade education and a life of sweat and toil and tears farming, reading that around Christmas Eve at the home place. And he read it in such a way as if our lives depended on that story. And whenever I hear it, I, I think about Christmas Eve because when we read it on Christmas Eve, it to me is always the heart of the evening. And as we assign the parts for reading, I always think, how is it going to sound in that voice? And how are they going to help us hear the story again? There's something to me about that story where we lean in just a little more into the screen and look in to what's going on around that manger. It's kind of like hot cocoa and gingerbread for the soul. A little town of Bethlehem 
How still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. And yet, the older I get and the more I learn about life, I think that had to be one pretty stressful evening. I mean, they were traveling for a census, a census that had been imposed by the occupying power of Rome. There's this new governor, Quirinius, who's decided he's going to figure out, he's going to show the emperor how good he is to, t to take account of who all's there so they know how to tax accordingly. So I want you to imagine that we were being called this Christmas to go back to each of our hometowns where we were born to be counted, all of the travel that would be going on, because it was an edict from the government. And then you have this couple, this young couple who still are trying to figure out what their relationship is, traveling some 90 miles, I believe, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about that. I'm looking to someone who's from the Galilee. And I just want to ask, any, who here has ever been pregnant? Come on, more than you have been pregnant. Just imagine you're in your eight and a half months, 38, 39 weeks. How would you feel about walking 90 miles uphill and down over rocks and terrain, let alone riding a donkey? which is not in the scripture. We have filled in that detail over the centuries. I don't think so. And then you get there and there is no reservation. Can you imagine how that would go on this trip? I thought you made the reservation. No, I thought you made the reservation. Why do I have to do everything? That never gets said in our household, does it, Robert? Working out my soul and faith of fear and trembling right here among you. And yet, I want to believe that Mary was centered and calm and courageous. And that Joseph was like, I got you, sweetheart. Because I know that she was still uncertain about what her life would hold. And I know that he still had to have in the back of his head, how did I get here? What happened? Sure, he heard the dream and he listened and he paid attention to it, but he could have had her stoned to death if he'd wanted to. And he listened to that dream and he stood by her side and he was right there in what was probably a stinky, smelly, crowded stable around the feed trough where they laid the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessing of God's heaven. I'm aware that Mary and Joseph on that night were caught up in systems beyond their control. They were caught up in an empire that was making them do something that they had to do if they were going to survive. Still learn to work with these mics. Just like you and I are caught up in systems that are often beyond our control, global economies, for instance, that are instances that are taking local control out from under our feet. If you look around the way we do commerce at this Christmas time, it is usually with a multinational corporation that has a lot more power even than our government does to enforce how we spend our money. There are 
all sorts of things going on that are beyond our control, all sorts of laws that we'd rather not adhere to. Some of us are concerned about what's going on with reproductive rights right now in the courts, or how we've treated immigrants and refugees. We are caught up in systems of racism, and homophobia, and sexism, and Islamophobia, and transphobia, and all sorts of bigotry that get institutionalized in laws, just like Mary and Joseph were caught up in these things beyond their control. That is going on at one plane with them, and with us. But at another plane with them is going on God's call, and what it means to be called. Joseph had a dream that he listened to, and Mary was visited by a messenger who said, this is going to happen to you. I'll tell you that the last two years I have not been here in late November, early December. Some of you know the reasons why. Last year I was helping my mother pass on into eternal life. And this is the first time I've been in New England when it starts to get dark at 3.30 in the afternoon. And even though I've lived here 30 some years, I forgot what that was like. And I was like, oh, Jesus, whoa. And we are blessed with a seminarian this year who is helping us realize that actually amazing things can happen in the dark. It is a time of incubation of discovery. And I've started to make peace with it at about 4.45 or 5. And I've started to watch mindfulness documentaries on Netflix. And there is a monk that I listened to named David Steindl Rast, who said, you know, one of the things about being human is we will always have stress and anxiety. It is the way we are knit together. It may be about big things, it's often about little things, but it will always be with us. And he actually said something I found very startling and true. He said, in fact, the moment each of us goes through the birth canal is probably our first impact with anxiety and stress. Some might even say terror to leave this comfortable, dark womb where we are taken care of, where we don't have to think about a thing, and then to be taken out of it with the lifeline cut, where we have to breathe and eat on our own and learn to grow up, taken out of our comfort zone. But Brother David says, we do that because we are drawn to life, and because life takes us forward. And that happens again and again and again throughout our lives, taken from the comfort zone into challenging new situations that stress us out, that bring us anxiety in situations sometimes beyond our control. Just as Mary and Joseph were called to bring this life into the world, this life that they had a little way of knowing just how much it would change the world, it's the reason you and I are sitting here 2,000 years later.